0: Huh. When your car starts to... Oh start Lord. Steve. Huh. Mm-hmm. huh. Welcome to Jeff in Motion. You may be able to hear that I am not in my car today. I am in my father's car because my car is getting inspected and is going to fail. So I got that to look forward to today. Um... Yeah, so I apologize for the slightly louder car noises. I am in a big truck type SUV-esque thing. A forerunner. Anyway. <clears throat> um this weekend was Mike's no mic Mike, open, Mike. And, as I am, every time I was grossly incorrect about how many people were going to show up. I was positive positive. this was going to be a light showing i uh, all I'd done all the math it all it all made sense in my head. No one was going to come. We have four shows in four weeks, uh, if you count this week with bills uh Mom Comedy Showcase at Garfield's on Wednesday. uh, So, like, I figured we'd stretched our audience out. Like, no way they're going to show up to all of them. There's no way. There's just no way. And, um... So far, the only one we've had a light attendance with was Nick Rehack's show, and that's because it was Easter weekend. Everyone was away at, with family stuff. And it still was a decent showing. We had about 40 people. But last night we had upwards of 60 to 70 and 22 performers. And it, it was a great show. But it has. Our high attended shows are trending with some specific very specific problems to uh, that just seem to pop up every time we have oh we have so many performers um first of all they never get started on time they get started a half hour late usually the intermissions have been running almost 20 minutes long and I made an active attempt to cut them down to 10 and I had some pushback from the crowd itself Um, I had a lot of trouble getting them to sit down and enjoy the show again at the second intermission and the fact that the show tends to run until midnight and The crowd gets fatigued they can't they just the crowd can't deal with four solid hours of open mic with only like two breaks (laughs) it just they so we tend to get a lot of people leaving for the last third to quarter of the show so we will have a a freaking rock-solid show towards the middle when everyone has arrived and no one has left But then for the people I like to save for the end, my, like, star performers, they're performing to a room of, like, 20 people, and they're all in the back of the room. Because the people in the front of the room are the ones who have to leave early. (sighs) So I've been doing a lot of thinking about the open mic. After my appearance on The Delusional Owners on Thursday, and, uh, recording... A episode, an episode about it, uh, yesterday with Bill, um, for another filler episode of the Popular Outcast podcast, and, uh, just discussing it with my lovely partner, Aislinn, I've kind of, I touched on it on the Delusional Owners podcast, go listen to that episode, uh, go listen to a lot of episodes of their podcast, it's a great podcast, but... I believe, I don't remember who asked the first question about what do you consider, you know, when will you consider the open mic a real thing, but I said, "Ah, I don't know, it just seems like a bunch of friends dicking around in a basement, and Chris Rell, only barely masking the hurt in his voice, asked, well, when, what, what will need to happen for you to not think it's a bunch of friends dicking around in a basement? And uh, (laughs) I could tell he was a little hurt, uh, mainly because that basement is one provided by his father, um, I would assume. But my answer to that was I never want it to not feel that way. And I'm afraid if I start taking it seriously, it will. But just calling it to light and really thinking about it, we... I, and the people, (laughs) and I do seem to pilot the feel of that show, with input from other people, have decided that it's time. We've done 12 of them. It's time to start treating it like a real show. It's time to start lifting up the hood and finding what we can we can oil, what we can make, just run smoo- more smoothly. If we could get all of our performers done by 11, I think we could solve a lot of our crowd fatigue, crowd disappearing issues, which is our biggest issue. Um, all the little stuff, the you know people not being ready when I call their name, things along those lines, that all contributes to the big problem of we run too long and um, on Sunday morning Aislinn approached me with her offering her services as a stage manager and the way she put it was basically splitting my job into two jobs she would help me pick the set list, help me pick who goes up. She would remind me to say plugs, because I never do. She would warn performers before they go up, so they know that their name is going to be called. She, She will be managing the light, because I'm terrible at it, and often forget to start the timer. And she is less wishy-washy than I am. She is going to adhere to the rules of the light more than I am. If I'm like, oh, but, you know, he seems to be doing so good, that it is not... We do not use the light to get people who aren't doing well off early. We use the light to tell everyone that they've hit the time limit. And that is a hard rule that she is going to have much easier time following. Um, And it is for Courtesy to the rest of the guests and the crowd. It is not because we don't like you as a performer. It is the the rules, and the rules are there to make sure that every performer has a good room to perform to. So, that's... And, um... I'm really excited for that. That that really excites me to have, a, and I, I say I'm really excited to have a, a hand. I absolutely have have had help. Um, there's no no one could. I cannot truthfully claim that I have not had help during the shows. But Aislinn was the first one to approach me with just like hey here's are some jobs I know I can do that you already do would, would you be okay with me doing them and I was like fucking stellar that would be incredible and so my focus will be have energy be funny when it's opportune and Defer to Aislinn for logistics because she's better at that than I am. And uh, in an unforeseen consequence of me deciding to air quotes hire Aislinn as a stage manager is it created an open dialogue with, with in a Facebook chat. With a lot of our performers uh, I just I threw a handful Of our veteran performers in People have done Three four shows And that I speak to On a regular basis Outside of the open mic And I was like Hey this is the stage manager She's gonna help me out What other things Do Have you noticed That we can improve And it all boils down to Ending the show earlier Um and you might say, "Well, Jeff, why don't you, why don't you just make the, the sets Set, uh, five minutes instead of ten. And that's the thing: the long sets are something that makes Mike's no mic open mic different. Um, a lot of open mics you get you get five or three minutes, and that's enough for like a joke, one song. It's a bummer. It's it, and they're, it's just a machine. And we don't want to be a machine, or we don't want to feel like a machine anyway. We don't want to be just something that grinds out open micers. We want everyone to get a hunk. We want everyone to be able to fucking breathe on that stage and feel comfortable and it to be low pressure. Um, But like I said earlier in interest of fairness to every performer we have to tighten up and uh, a lot of this is going to be reiterated in not this week but next week's uh, popular outcast podcast because I, we Bill and I talked about this ad nauseum but I never want it to be under five minutes Um, 7 a lot of people don't hit 7 minutes so I think we could hit we could we could cut the time down and we all we're also talking about having a sliding scale if 10 people show up fuck they can all do 15 minutes if they want if 25 do they're gonna have to do 7 or 5 um and one there a there's a there's a good idea posed but is a good idea that I'm going to have to pass on which was make new people have 5 minute sets and then everyone else can have 10 and that's, that's not uncommon in open mics or in just comedy shows in general but the thing is I don't want the power to dictate who is new and who isn't to dictate who is part of the club and who isn't that's one of the things I really like about our show is everyone is part of the club immediately and then you prove yourself part or not in, with your performance. But everyone has equal opportunity to fail or succeed from day one, from the word jump. Everyone is on equal footing, and that's what I really. That's part of. It's part of what makes the show feel like just a bunch of people hanging out. Is there isn't that the clicks? There isn't the well. Oh, these are the people who have been here for a while, and you know they don't talk to the people who just came in. It's everyone being equal, no matter what, as far as set time goes. Kind of. It kind of works against the whole click thing. And, like, yes, people form into their little groups, but people, like, people uh, are frequently intermingling amongst these little groups, and people will swing in and, like, hey, I love your set. Hey, are you performing today? Ah, pow, 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 and then move on. And that's what I need to not lose. I need to not lose that feeling. And another. And another benefit of being able to end earlier is people will be able to stay after and do all the mingling that they are tending to do before the show starts and during intermissions. And we need to move the like hour or so of intermingling to the end of the show for it's all in the interest of the performers. Uh... Oh, and yeah. Tell you what <laughs> this has become a job. It's a job I love to do. It's a job I don't get paid for. <laughs> but uh man been getting starting to worry lately, because it seems that all I talk about on the Popular Outcast podcast and this podcast, well, or on the Popular Outcast podcast, is the open mic, uh, particularly the Dave Ross show. I feel like it has been way too long since I've had uh, an episode of that podcast where we didn't predominantly talk about the open mic. And this show, the one you're listening to right now, I know is far more localized people so me talking about a local event makes more sense um, sorry Liam again I know you're not necessarily local um, Australia is a little bit of a drive away from central Pennsylvania <laughs> uh, but but with the popular outcast podcast I'm starting to worry that we're getting kind of accidentally in a rut, where we're just talking about what we're doing, but the only thing we are all doing in common is the open mic. And by we, I mean Bill and I. And we're kind of all at a busy point in our lives, but those busy things aren't terribly interesting for the podcast. Like, it's like, yes... I have continued to work and school. What have you done? And it's like, oh, you have also continued to work and or school and or pay bills? Okay. Um, what is new? Oh, the open mic is new? Well, fuck, we're talking about that again. So, I don't know how entertaining it is to people who aren't involved in it. I don't know. Oh. But, yeah, oh, I'm at work. Hopefully it's going to be a good week. Hopefully you guys have a good week. And um, I look forward to seeing you all at the Dave Ross show a week from tomorrow and or the um, open mic on May 31st, the first one where we, our new acting stage manager will be managing the stage. Um I'm really looking forward to that show and seeing how how efficient simply adding the position makes us without the other uh without other changes um i've got a feeling it's gonna be quite a bit <sighs> sleepy.